Hey guys, have you heard about Anchor? It's the best place to start your podcast journey from. So, in case you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain and give give you give you guys more information about Anchor. It's free. There's a there's creation tools that allow you to record and and edit your podcast right from your phone or or computer. Anchor will d- distribute the podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more such prominent platforms. We can we as podcasters can also make money from our podcast with minimum uh, listenership. You don't need to build a huge listener base to make money out of a podcast. And simply put, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in just one place or in one platform and most importantly i would urge everyone listening to cricket unplug to download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm that is anchor a n c h o r .fm to get started on your podcasting journey thank you Hey guys, and welcome to another uh, episode of Cricket Unplugged, where we discuss cricket, its nuances, its delicacies and complications. With me, I have Rakhav, and today we will be discussing on a topic which, uh, which is completely different from what we have uh, really discussed over the past few days in most of the previous episodes. Today we'll be discussing about a few players who might not have got the due recognition that uh, they would have deserved or a few people who would naturally you know be known as unsung heroes or even unknown heroes for most of us so that's the topic for today uh, hi rakav um, so i i was just going through a lot of players uh in our ranji trophy uh, cricket tournament which is the first class tournament in india I was also going through the sheffield shield tournament in australia and uh, it was interesting to note that uh, most of the highest run scorers and the highest wicket takers in both the domestic uh, competitions in india and australia uh, the top uh, few performances are performers are people who haven't done much in the international arena so definitely uh, it does make sense because people who play for their nation does not uh, essentially get time to play for their regional uh, state teams uh, that is of course there but uh, another major factor which really intrigues one uh, is to say that there have been people who have been consistent throughout their career in the ranji trophy or the sheffield matches but have not been fortunate enough to not even get one opportunity you know to play uh, for their uh, 
country so few names comes to mind like uh, mol mozumdar and uh, devendra bundela when comes to india uh, the great uh, mm. uh, rajinder goel who uh, passed away a few days back yeah. you know and uh, many many other uh, batsmen and bowlers in the indian setup who never got to play and if you look at uh, australia uh, jamie cox Uh, he's the second highest run scorer when it comes to Sheffield Shield cricket. He never uh, got to play a match for India, and uh, same is the case with uh, the next guy on the list, who is Jamie Siddons. Uh, so the, these are extremely uh, unique and uh, agonizing cases. So, uh, Raga, what is your point of view of uh, the drive and the motivation? you know for these people to continue playing for their uh, state the respective state teams because probably after you you turn 30 or 32 not necessarily mm-hmm. uh, the selectors will give you the nod because they are always on the lookout for people who are much younger because they will have players mm-hmm. who can you know stand much longer so what do you think will motivate a guy who has turned 30 32 and uh, he is still playing uh, consistently for his uh, ranji team with the knowledge that uh, maybe he will end his uh, career without having ever played for his country what do you think is the driving force behind people like that so for me the most critical aspect would be the love for the game so mm-hmm. why why that is why i bring that point is in a recent uh, interview which ashwin did with uh, amol amol mazumdar so he asked him the same same question so he is like till the day i enjoyed batting i didn't care if i didn't get selected for india he is like back of my mind i i had the dream and that dream faded away after a point when he saw the talent it was there in the squad indian squad so but he was like tv enjoys doing what what he does he is his goal was to make mumbai win as many titles as 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 possible as a captain and as a premier premier batsman for his stadium so it goes so, so for indian perspective for people like amol amol mazumdar jalaj jalaj saxena then you have a wasim jafar just that recently was accumulated close to 40000 first class runs so for these people i think what motivates them is just the fact that they want to do what they love doing that is play play the sport and they also seem to be self uh, self aware so a person like jalaj saxena is much more at least from a numbers perspective much more a uh, polished and accomplished and all-rounder than even your hardik pandya and and ravindra uh, jadeja who are india's prime all-rounders now across formats but it didn't click for him because there is a perception for and i would say this case in indian perspective is more to do with uh, case to case kind of thing so you look at jalaj saxena's career it had a slight dip when jadeja's international career went on a upsurge so people started to notice jadeja more 
and they, they, they didn't bother to give Jalad Saxena the at least couple of opportunities to prove his worth in the national team. So, and for Amon Bosan, he came from a very tough uh, setup where he had Sachin Tendulkar, Sanjay Mansekar, Vinod Tambli, even Jafar for that matter, make it to the national team. And there was no spot in the middle order for him because he was at his peak when India had the Fab Four. So The story also means that uh, it was during uh, that uh, school match, Harris Shield school match, when Vinod Kambli yeah, and yeah. Sachin Tendulkar had that famous partnership of, I think, 660-odd runs. Amul Vazundar was the yeah. next in line added up to bat. He never got the chance to bat. So, yeah. unfortunately, that uh, metaphor, uh, he had to carry that throughout his entire career. So, so from that perspective, yeah, so I think for people like the, uh, them, just, I think selectors also seem to have a very limited time frame for each player. So, they don't give them enough worth. So I think when they are looking out for a all-rounder, and at that time, Jalak, as I said, uh, uh, Jalak Saxena, he didn't have a great season. So one of few games he failed. So that didn't attract the selectors. So so he sadly hasn't hasn't played for India still. And there is a another angle which is very. I think it's pretty obvious, but people don't talk about it much, is the Mumbai Mumbai lobby and the lobby against South Indians. So, it is a classic case because you had people like Ashwin and even uh, Dinesh Karthik who have done well for the nation. And Ashwin, I would say, after Anil Kumble and that era of players who came from Karnataka, uh, uh, Venkatesh Prasad, Srinath, Kumble, Dravid. So, you had people coming in from South India. And uh, so, now, post, I would say last uh, decade or so, it is completely, completely dominated by your Mumbai and Delhi lobby. Because a classic example is somebody like uh, S. S. Badrina. So, you look at his first class record. He has almost 20,000 runs. And he gets two matches to play for India. He gets a 50 in the first game. Second game, full team crumbles against the might of the South Africans at their peak, Stain, Mogul, Philander. And Vadrinath, uh, in that game, I remember in Nagpur, he was the only one who got into the late 30s. Everyone around him, Sachin, Ravid, Seva, Gambhir, everybody failed. And when they named the squad for the next test series, Vadrinath's not there. So there's something really, it's not fair. So it's a clear lobby against South Indians, especially people from, from Tamil Nadu. And I think one reason could be the fallout of uh, Srinivasan. So Srinivasan's clout, what he had in, in BCJ till the 2013 scandal hit IPL and uh, CSK. I think post that Tamil cricket Cricketers from Tamil Nadu have been cottoned off, I feel. So that's my personal assessment because he had Badrinath's career who had two matches and then he's out. He have another fine batsman in Abhinav Mukun who looked 
looked out of place in uh, seeming conditions in England. But you look at the scoreboard of the match he played. I think you you can give that block few uh, few more games because apart from Dravid, nobody crossed uh, twenty. I think in that uh-huh. game. So it's clear case of they pick players because they're extremely amazing in the in the domestic season. You cannot avoid uh, picking them. But then you have somebody from a Hindi-speaking part of the country. Even if he's slightly better than your South Indian counterpart, they seem to get their nod, and they get get a longer run in the team. So it is, it's it's surprising. So people like them, what motivates them is clearly IPL. I feel. So yeah, Badrinath, he played few years for Chennai. Then he had Abhinav Mukund also for for his. He didn't play much IPL cricket, but I think the only thing which motivated him to play uh, as much as he did was probably the cash coming in from a IPL contract. So as I said, it's a two-way two-way debate. Certain people just do it because they know that they are not in the right time, and that is where I bring in Australia, the classic example you made. So you have players like. Uh, Brad Hodge. Uh-huh. So that's thirty thousand, uh, twenty seven thousand. I think like, runs first class runs before he uh-huh. made his test debut, and then uh-huh. in that I remember two thousand four against against West Indies, he hit a double hundred, and then the next series he was dropped because Damon Martin was injured, so they had to pick up Watson for him. They he also scored a brilliant two hundred against uh, South Africa in Perth, so that was again an amazing yeah. inning. Yeah. So it's very puzzling. Yes, very puzzling. So I actually felt when uh, Australia were going through the transition phase, post Ponting and uh, post uh, Michael Clarke taking over, when the Test uh, cricket saw a big dip. I felt they could have picked a Brad Hodge even though he was 37 or 38 at that time. I don't know why they didn't pick him there, but uh, so the fact is for Australians, it's a very clear-cut case where they know that the quality of the players involved in the national setup are way well well above their their grasp. So Brad Hodge, I think he just accepted the fact that there is a Michael Clark or Mike Hussey, who is much better off than him in the mm-hmm. international circuit. So that's how he just went about his game, and he trans. He actually had a decent 2020 career for Australia before yes, becoming yes. a pretty popular and uh, successful coach. You now, so I think from a clear Australian perspective, it is clearly the fact that there is no scope or chance for you to get a. Get even the one chance or a two two chances. They're just hoping for somebody to get injured, and they were not. I surprisingly in that era, not many people got injured frequently as well. So, like uh, one more example is a uh, Stuart Magil. Only when Australia toured to India, Sri Lanka, or Pakistan, you will find a Stuart Magil in, in their squad. Otherwise, you won't find him in the 15-member squad when they are playing anywhere else in the world. So it is a again. Stuart Magill could have got 700 Test wickets if he had more. So Mike Mike Atherton 
and Nasser Hussain in one of the uh, on-live commentary stints when they are taking, they are saying people like Stuart McGill, England could have bought him if he were if he was in the auction pool or something like IPL something because he was that talented, but he hardly got any opportunity and even with his limited opportunities, he made his mark. So he got around two hundred or test, uh, I think scalps. So it's that elusive dream of making it to the national team is in what you call it's possible for some and for some people for factors which are not connected to them it's just not there so i think the australian setup is a little bit different because see uh, even when you talk about michael hakim i believe he made his uh, oda debut when he was about 29 and he made his test debut when he was uh, 30 So uh, yeah. the, the Australians also uh, look at people who are excellent in their circuit and in their form of the game, but they also make sure that the person is uh, good enough to take the toll of international cricket. And I think uh, even though Michael Hussey uh, debuted that uh, late, he ended up as one of the Uh, one of the greatest uh, finishers in ODI cricket, one of the best uh, test cricketers for Australia in uh, the last decade. I mean, uh, he is one person who will not be forgotten. Uh, cut to the Indian selectors. Uh, I don't think India have had any player at all, you know, who has debuted at the age of twenty-eight uh, or twenty-nine, and then uh, uh, have got uh, a fantastic career afterwards. even uh, even adam gilchrist i think uh, he started off when he was about 28 so the case with yes. uh, justin langer matthew hayden i think many of the players many of the batsmen actually made a mark after uh, they had scored about uh, lots and lots of runs in their uh, first class uh, arena and uh, they were battle hardened and then they started off only at a very later stage uh later stage when compared to probably what an indian selector will see but then they ended up as one of the greatest cricketers of all time so uh, what do you think is the difference there i mean like uh, even even when you have a proven uh, institution of thought proven school of thought in australia indians still do not uh, abide to that at all so uh, how does that work out so i think it is to do with the i think uh the parameter i'm not so the how do you judge a person's skills i think post the emergence of ipl i think uh, the first class scene in india itself has actually drastically come down so the pride involved in playing for your uh, ranji team has come down a lot post the ipl because you see people like we have we like you had brought up in the in ka, maybe couple of podcasts back of krishna uh, gautam who got bought by kingsland punjab for 5 crores so so mm-hmm. that gets more mileage in the in, in all your uh, sports portals social media news than what he has done for Karnataka to actually get that price right. So I think the mentality is what I'm talking about. Of people, selectors, selectors tend to go with what will please the 
uh, fans and what they trying to it's more of pleasing your uh, fan base sort sort of a mentality because ipl is has become that now so you have a player like you have like bumrah who flourished in the ipl and to his credit is doing well for india but same case you have a jaydev punakat who is actually pretty good in the ranji scene but people and as a uh, direct result he gets a 11.5 crore contract in the ipl and then he has a very horrible season and because and uh, one could be pressure involved in playing in a tournament like ipl which selectors say that okay a certain player who is done well for your uh, in the domestic circuit cannot translate it to his franchise so what guarantee that uh, that pass uh, batsman or a bowler can do that for india so there is overlook those those people and i don't see age as a factor for india although i, I definitely agree there's nobody was made his debut after 25 was flourished but i think that is not something which attracts the indian selector indian selector is more looking at the ipl in my opinion so he's saying okay a person can perform in the ipl let's not bother about what he has done in the ranji circuit is okay he may have got to a ipl team courtesy is his performances for his ranji side or the vijay vijay hazare trophy etc but in australia still they value shafield shield so we have a clear bifurcation when look at the teams even now we have players who play only one one format there are some players who do it even now so you have uh, most recent example you got to give you have a, you had a marcus harris who made his debut at 32 for at 26 sorry not 32 but he had played domestic cricket for over 6 years so and he is clearly spotted as a opening batsman for the test team so you don't have that happening for india no so if you look at it there is only pujara and probably rahane and ashwin no rahane ashwin also are part of the mix in the odi nt20 set up till about till about 2018 i think if i'm not wrong so so they don't have the concept of bifurcation for formats so if you have that concept then selectors will give much more importance to what is happening in uh only they will actually have uh, i think a panel is five member selection panel two or three of them will focus only on ranji trophy and say we need to build a test team and odi and t20 teams can merge and you can have some t20 specialists through the ipl but they clearly oh, don't have that policy and that is something which separates indian setup and australian setup or even uh England also because England are facing a sort of a reverse kind of uh, effect to this because everyone wants to play the new aggressive brand of cricket which the team has been doing post uh, 2015 World Cup so that is seriously impacting the county cricket uh, performances and that is something which Nasser Hussain has also spoken in detail in the World Cup as well. Like the quality of Test cricket is so bad in England, off late. 
if you notice the last four years their slump in test cricket has coincided with their rise in the in the odi format so the they have i don't know for what reason but they are strategized only for the one day team so they bought in a roy they bought in a butler they threw in a stokes and then they asked them to play the ipl they were the ones who were going in uh, completely against the other cricket board they're saying we cannot allow our players to play in the ipl it's cash cash rich tournament it's not good it's not going to help the players and the same board is openly yeah. stating that ben stokes josh butler jason roy uh, they uh, flourish as cricketers thanks to their exposure in the ipl so england oh. has their own thing going australia is pretty much sorted in that way Oh. and indian selectors i don't think this mentality is going to change too much because priority even now in as we is going to see cricket start in a 10 days time from now but uh, even once it starts the priority number 1 from a bci point of view is how do you get the ipl started so they don't care about domestic circuit so it's clear that priorities so it is very nice. much good uh, observations made there uh, raghav so um, before you before saying that you had also mentioned about the lobby which is there uh, you know, players being preferred much from bombay and probably delhi to an extent and uh, probably players from south india are not uh, uh, given the nod uh, for many of the occasions i believe uh, such a thing definitely exists in many parts of the other cricket playing countries too so for example if you are looking at uh, australia uh, a player to come from tasmania is extremely tough of course you've had your david boons and ricky pondings of the world but a player uh, from melbourne or sydney is given much more importance uh, in the national team so there was almost a time where if you get to play for new south wales or bombay then it's almost like you are a short shot uh, entrant into the uh, side so same way is the case with england so uh, even during the starting of uh, the golden age of cricket back in the 50s and 60s yorkshire uh, cricketers were considered to be the hallmark for uh, the english cricketer so such instances are there all over the world so uh, does it mean that you know uh, players from places which are more flashy are considered more so if you look at uh, a kohli or uh, any other uh, rohit sharma for instance these players from delhi or uh, bombay are more flashy when compared to probably you look at a kumble or a lakshman or a dravid or even badrinath these these are quieter mm. cricketers they just go about their business they don't make much of a noise so are player mm. are people also looking at uh, you know cricketers who try to make a lot of noise are they the ones who get the nod for one one uh, important exception i would say is uh, kl rahul even though he is from the south he is making a lot of noise and yeah. people definitely feel that he is virat kohli's favorite child so, i mean these are mm. just suppositions that i am making but um, you cannot really fail to see the uh connections here isn't it yes yes definitely so if you look at the people who have even 
limited talent but who are from the hindi speaking parts of the town so like for example a prithvi shaw he has been touted as the next sachin tendulkar it's not fair on the on the youngster but just by seeing a couple of games people tend to give this tag like next sachin so but to look at talent perspective he is talented but we look at many other players so prithvi shaw's mind just comes to my uh name sorry comes to my mind uh right at, at the top but uh, generally if you look at it there are people who as if as we are in india especially is in the phase in that picking phase where they have reaped the benefits from your flashy and the in your face kind of from those kind of cricketers across formats over the last 5 uh, 6 years and now india is uh, i think number 1 in two two order three formats in world cricket and it is largely due to people who i would say look fancy maybe talk fancy and probably have a good uh, playing skill as well to to boot so they have a complete package i think now it's become more how you portray yourself Than actually, what skill do you have? So I don't think Pujara also would be talked about with as much regard as probably people like us would do. To be mm-hmm. frank, people are going to praise him for the Australia series, but I think when you look at the, lo- the long-term perspective, yes, he will be called a great. But you will be talking only about a Rohit Sharma or a or a or a Virat Kohli or a Matt for that matter, even a KL Rahul. So because I think people. Uh, i think they are following the football model i feel people are stars exactly from the time they come into a team the way they portray themselves the ads they are endorsing and the image with the beard and the spike tire tattoos so i think they just tend to ignore people who quietly go about their job that that's a boring kind of thing maybe i i, I sort i feel i don't see the value of a rahul dravid in grooming your says in people like says ayer and even to extend what uh, i would say rahul dravid is doing to indian cricket now even now you don't have people talking about him so he is quit his ipl contract he is coaching the the under 19 team and the india team and being rahul dravid doesn't want the limelight so i think he is not complaining but what he is as a person this quietly does about his thing he knows that he had to build the next next line of uh, players for the indian team so it just goes away so what people have you have a ravi a person like our uh, call ravi sastri i don't know how to describe him as a coach is more luckier than even john uh, john buchanan in my personal opinion <laughs> he absolutely doesn't have to do a thing i think in my opinion just has to drink and come and just uh, probably sit there because his team is that good so it's like he just has to manage players so he's not a coach he's a football manager uh if you say equivalent for indian cricket so of course it's on our side easier to pass comments sitting from where we are but it not not that easy uh managing a 
Virat Kohli and uh, Rohit Sharma, Bumrah, the same team. But still, I don't think people give any credit to people who have done the hard work, hard stuff in the domestic circuit as a coach, as a player. And I think it's not only Indians. Generally, it's, I think, to do with anyone from India, not exactly South India. So, the lesser you portray and you are less active you are in social media, the more worse it is for you as a player, especially in India. Around us. For example, a classic example I can give probably to sum up this, this particular question is a person like uh, Rishabh Pant. So, very flashy, very talented batsman. He can take away, he can tear apart bowling attacks. But if you look at somebody like a Sanju Samson, he's first extremely I would say much more efficient behind the stumps than Pant. Very attractive and uh, flashy batsman as all the shots in the book. But, and he's some Kerala. So, three things which don't go too well for Samson because he had a, of course, he made his debut for India in uh, 2019, but he didn't really start off well, but still. Point is, he is not going to get more mileage and talk. You have Sanjay Mazekar, all the cricket experts talking about Pant and his brilliance. You just need to support him, give him the backing. So that's what I'm saying. Where where were these people when he had Badrinath, when he had Palaji in his downward spiral? When he was in the series. So when you're talking about uh, unsung uh, people, I think. Uh... One point you missed was, uh, I strongly believe that in the uh, Indian current uh, section of Indian cricketers of today, the highest underrated fielder is actually Sanjay Samson. Because some of the catches that he takes, some of the fielding that he does on the outfield is just mind-blowing. It's extremely uh, surprising for me that nobody talks about Sanjay Samson as a great fielder. Because if you just go to YouTube and look at a few performances of his, it is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I think only a few saves which he has done was only in parallel with Steve Smith. He is that good. And uh, uh, Sachin Tendulkar on his very last birthday, the birthday this April 24th, when asked, who do you think are the most talented youngsters in India? He said, Prithvi Shah, Shubman Gill and uh, Sanjay Samson. So clearly the great man is still impressed. You know, people still believe in Sanju Samson. Uh, a few few innings which he plays, uh, unfortunately, only, only in the IPL because that's the only place where we get to see such people. You can't fail but to see how easily, you know, he plays strokes, how, how easily he makes... Uh, you know, innings look so elegant. So, well said, Raghav. I mm. think uh, Sanjay Samson, obviously, one of uh, the much uh, non-recognized players these days. Yeah. And another point which I want to ask you is, so I was just uh, happening to see uh, the test on Amazon Prime uh, regarding mm. uh, 
the the australian cricket team and the inside setup and uh, there was this uh, one point where uh, justin langer comes inside the uh, australian dressing dressing room and he says geez i have never seen uh, a media schedule written on a chalkboard inside the dressing room i have seen yeah. where which people get to bat which people are going to bowl but who is supposed yeah. to give an interview to which media at what point of time so this is crazy so uh, media is running uh, the uh, show today cricket has mm-hmm. become a completely commercial game for sure it has absolutely nothing got to do uh, with the days of 1983 wherein tds national used to show the games for free today i think it is being run by media and uh, people who make the noise make a lot of uh, ruckus are liked by the media because uh, they give them trp you know exactly. hardik pandey yes. and kl rahul were not making waves in the cricketing arena as much as they did right. on one really uh, uh, cross and uh, below quality uh, show tv show and a few mm-hmm. below par comments which you do not really expect from international cricketers came out and uh, mm-hmm. that really put them on top of the news so uh, people who are uh, crass and let's say even stupid uh, who who are just like empty bottles who make a lot of noise are such players mm-hmm. being preferred by the media and uh, is that pressure from the media boiling down onto uh, the uh, cricket boards to uh, to bring them on board you know so do you see a correlation there i would say not entirely but yes i do because they are the ones who run the show so as you rightly put sign especially pcci is certainly falling uh, right into that trap i would say so they are looking at it's about as i said earlier as well it's how do you package a cricketer so a uh, cricketer is become a product now so he is no longer a, just a sportsman so it's a, actually a very good thing because cricket is a what you call very widely followed and admired sport so it's good to see them uh, players get this kind of attention but then at what cost so we don't have that quality coming out from your yeah, the top 5 6 players in the indian team have that quality but the remaining people they just don't have it but they are very much your affable and uh, likable stars in the media you can come just speak speak your mind out before the game between the innings and then you have a post conference post media conference once the match is over so for some reason i don't know whether it's planned like that but you have everybody apart from virat kohli going and and uh, and doing that so you have that culture built in where you are a product you need to and one part of your product or one feature of your product is you need to go and play for for your team been a t20 or test match or whatever. that is just one aspect from i'm just bringing it down to indian players perspective i am not i don't want to get into the australian thing because i don't see many players in this current australian setup who are a 
product of this kind of pressure apart from probably uh, elongated stint they had gave a glen maxwell or a marcus stoinis because probably they look good on screen and they play some attractive shots but they can be equally hard uh, hard wrenching for fans as well because of their uh, in uh, in inconsistent batting but apart from that if there are people who have struggled they are just uh, thrown them out of the team but indian perspective you have somebody like i would even go for as far to say let's say uh, ishan sharma up until 20 2018 so or, or let's go slightly ahead and look at what india has now in uh, sadul tagur so he doesn't inspire too much confidence with his bowling neither is he a handy batsman but if you look at his pecking order in the indian setup he is getting more opportunities and than even a bhuvneshwar kumar of late so the fact is he is more in your face and that sort of thing he comes from mumbai he plays in the most loud ipl franchise so people know him people want him to play in the team and people start equating that with success and think and i have noticed that whenever i see a match so i just shift between english and hindi hindi commentary hindi commentary solely because people i grow liking in indian team all of them are uh, apparently current uh, uh, apparently hindi hindi commentators now like uh, sevag mohammed kef irfan patan so all oh. those people who made us fall in love with indian indian cricket the sarog sarogangli era so all of them are have moved on to the next step of their life so it's good to get their views but then you have a game where sadril tagore is not playing in the in the in the playing level and he goes to the commentary team and he gives his opinions so i don't know 